The first car I purchased was a 1978 Datsun B210. Before that, I drove a hand-me-down Oldsmobile. The ad campaign used to say, this is not your father's Oldsmobile. Well, in my case, it was. Before that, it was his father-in-law's Oldsmobile. Before that, it was his brother-in-law's Oldsmobile. 1976 Cutlass Supreme. I don't know if you recall the 76 model, but if that car were any larger, it would have gravitational pull. Small imports would have gone in orbit around it. I used to say that the car was one of the few occasions where the word supreme might have been an understatement. But last week I saw for the first time the Grand Canyon. In addition to everything else, it gives me new respect for adjectives. Anytime I hear the word, someone use the word supreme or grand or huge to describe something, I may not say it aloud, but in my head I'll think, yeah, well, it's not the Grand Canyon. Because standing on the edge of it, it is difficult. Not, it's difficult to even get a sense of scale. It's disorienting. And of course, it's not just breathtaking in size, it's breathtaking in its beauty. It is truly the 76 Cutlass Supreme of natural wonders. <laughs> Any attempt to take in the size and beauty of the Grand Canyon leads to thoughts about its age as well. And that too is disorienting, trying to imagine the time before before the Colorado began carving its path, hominids apparently had yet to venture into that neck of the woods yet. So there's no one who can say, Grand Canyon, why in my day was, we called it average riverbank. In other words, for a few million years, this breathtaking sight took no one's breath away. It was just there. Humans not only happened upon it about 12,000 years, only happened upon it about 12,000 years ago. Now if you think about what I just said, how often do you get occasion to say only 12,000 years ago? But when you visit the Grand Canyon, those are the kinds of things you say. You know, to stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon is to know that your existence is a blip, potentially even a shorter blip if you stand too close to the edge. But it's not just our individual lives that are a blip. Relative to that canyon, the existence of our species is a blip. To the Grand Canyon, we're just new kids on the block. And suppose there's I suppose there's some perspective that comes from confronting that. It's a lesson in humility. Problems aren't all that big. I recently heard a man tell a story that occurred in the 90s. He'd been pulled over by the police and the officer came to the window and when they reached in the glove box to get the registration, saw there were bullets in the glove box. And so he pulled his gun, called for backup, and demanded to know the location of the, the weapon. The man 
uh, in the car who was black, knew he had to choose his words very carefully at that point. He said, a gun exists. It's in a locked box. It's unloaded. It's in the trunk. The officer demanded that he show him the gun. So the man got out of the car as backup arrived and then suddenly finds himself surrounded by officers with their guns drawn. He went into the trunk, unlocked the box. There was the gun and the clip next to it. See, it's, it's unloaded, he said. How do I know there's nothing in the chamber? Asked the cop. He invited the officer to inspect it. The officer said, I'm not touching your gun. You show me. I'm not touching that gun, he said. Pick up the gun, he shouted. And the officers, the backup behind him, repeated, pick up the gun. No, I am not picking up that gun, he said. Pick up the gun. Pick up the gun. In the heat of the moment, officers have mistaken someone reaching for a wallet for reaching for a gun. You've likely seen uh, the news about my hometown in Grand Rapids. An officer is convinced that a suspect was going to use his taser against him and ended up being shot dead. The man telling this story certainly knew stories like that. Pick up the gun, yelled the officer. Pick up the gun, yelled the backup. The story of the Grand Canyon is that your life is a blip. To the Grand Canyon, whether he picks up the gun or not, whether he is shot down that night or lives to tell the story 30 years later hardly matters. It's a blip either way. It is easy to connect the Grand Canyon story to the story of God. Stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and you can believe in a supreme being who is grand in power, eternal in age, and majestic beyond all comprehension. But a God who pays attention to us, who loves us, a God for whom we register as anything other than a blip, if that, you know, Rome called itself the eternal city, an epigraph only slightly less grandiose than Cutlass Supreme. And it may not have been eternal, but if you ran afoul of Rome, you could be sure it would prove that you aren't either. No, you are temporary. Pilate had concluded that Jesus was in, not only, but he just concluded that he was innocent, but he was also a nuisance. So in the end, it's decided that this blip from Nazareth must come to a premature end. And as a result, Jesus joins the ranks of the dead. You know, on the one hand, this is hardly noteworthy. Rome may have become proficient executioners, but nothing is so commonplace on this planet as death. Things have evolved out of the muck 
found resources and bred for ten thousands of years, only to be killed off by a shift of tectonic plates or an eruption of a volcano. And they join the ranks of the dead and make room for some new form of life. And that new form of life has its day, but then they die out. You know, look at the layers of the Grand Canyon. Each striation is a graveyard of one epoch or another. The ground beneath us is layers and layers of death. But the women, they're not quite ready to to have that perspective on Jesus' death. They've come with spices. They can't change the reality, but they hope they can diminish the smell of it, make death less of an indignity. So they go to the tomb, but they don't find Jesus. They encounter angels who ask, why do you seek the living among the dead? You wanna say, excuse me, angels, are you not familiar with this planet among the dead? Regardless of where you look, the living are always among the dead. That's the story the Grand Canyon tells, and it is retold everywhere else. Death is everywhere. But that is not the story God is telling. God is always telling a story of life, even where there's death. God brings resurrection. And that story is told most boldly, most completely in Jesus, the living Jesus, victor over sin and death. No one is a blip, not in this story, because the storyteller is powerful and eternal and majestic and loving. The God who millions of years ago witnessed the tectonic shifts that rerouted water out of the Rockies to carve the northeast, northern Arizona en route to the Gulf of California. That same God bears witness to your life, to all your life's ups and downs. The fact that God is loving, that God loves you, that's no reason to lose perspective on your ups and downs. The Grand Canyon is right. All that in the end is just a blip. But you, you are not. Jesus makes sure of it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.